Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M. And this is May 1st, 2023 edition, volume 13, issue number 20. So it's roughly been about two years since I started doing these audio casts and the podcast. And about 90,000 downloads later, we're having a little bit of fun. So I appreciate everybody listening and uh, being engaged in this process because it's really enjoyable to share information. Writing these newsletters, audio casting them, and then interviewing guests for the podcast has become one of my passions in these past few years, and I plan to continue doing this for quite some time. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, An Uncivilized Journey Part 2. We're going to get into some literature review. Okay, so The Uncivilized Journey Part 2. Being vulnerable, part two is another way of saying it. So for all of you who've been following my journey over these past few years, I continued my wandering of self-discovery this year. I found myself back in Austin, Texas, in the rural parts of the state. And this time there would be no preconceived idea for me about what this stop on the path of my journey would uncover and offer me in witness and self-emotional understanding. Not to disappoint, though, this journey was easily 5x more mind and heart opening than a year ago. A lot has happened in that time. Lost my father, which was very difficult, and a lot has gone on in the work environment. Mostly positive, but a lot of stuff happening. My son went off to college, which was enjoyable in one respect to see him grow and be a young adult in this new world, and also the sadness of not having him around every day. And my daughter continues to grow up and a rising senior in high school coming up. So lots of interesting experiential stuff happening. But this journey was just solely about what I wanted to get out of it and what actually happened. Losing my father, sort of my rock in this world, was difficult to say the least, but also a strange feeling. The knowing that he is gone and that I must live without his counsel, love and support was tough. But live we all must with loss, grief, and existence, and I am. So I found myself at the Down Home Ranch in Austin, Texas, a place where adults with special needs live, work, and inspire. For me, to inspire is to fill another with a desire to do or feel something that they were not until that moment. These men and women who called the Down Home Ranch their home offered me a view into their lives that showed a strong sense of happiness as well as humility, despite that which was imperfect. And we all are imperfect in so many ways. That is the beauty and difficulty of being human. Complexity covered in emotional history and a sense of longing and desire to be in the present with a persistent eye on the future. Alas, we all have free will, and that is enough to make us special and worthy of a long and beautiful life, no matter the traumas of the past, present, or future that aim to blight our light. From the Rush song, Free Will, I like these lyrics. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears and kindness that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. The words written by Getty Lee, Neil Peart, and Alex Lifeson are a testament to choice. We all have it. Exercising it remains the key. 
Do you live with the freedom of choice? Or are you beholden to the past or some other limiting reality? Do you abandon yourself, your choice, and feel okay? To be a pleaser is to often abandon self for the betterment of another. At times, this personality trait is beneficial to all involved. At times, it is not so. The path that I stepped upon was one of exploring this reality. Do I need to please everyone for me, them, and all? Have I spent the vast majority of my youth and adult life offering a pleasing sense of my humanity to keep the peace and keep the social structure of the environment? However, my recent explorations are bringing to light the cost to self of keeping this peace. This cost can be like a pound of flesh at times that is slowly taken so that you barely notice it until the pound is missing. The awareness is often a first and major step in the process of decommissioning a part of the self that no longer serves. For example, I'm now 52. I no longer have the desire to play nice with corporations or entities that affect our patients in a way that improves their bottom line at the cost of a service, medicine, or other that we deem necessary to the best outcome of the child. This is now a hard stop for me. Probably should have always been, yet my old self always looked for the best in others and tried to make it work. Why am I traveling down this rabbit hole, you might ask? The simple answer is that the challenge to change from old to new is necessary as we progress on the journey of life. Age brings more accumulated experience, wisdom, hopefully, and choice. It is the latter that these men and civilized events provide, at least to me. Being with 30 men in a strong and safe environment provides a medium and a catalyst for movement that you may not see, feel, or exercise otherwise. However, when you watch others explore bravely and allow the limitations of the past to release, you cannot help but move places within that were previously immobile. To be in communion with men is to move together to a better and more moral place, in my humble experience. Along the path, we began to work with the energy and feeling of three horses. A horse is a prey animal with eyes on the side of its head with a visual zone of 200 degrees per eye to see the approaching predator from any angle, behind or side or technically in the front. We humans with eyes in the front are predators. It's just a fact. Thus, a horse can feel our energy. If it is aggressive, feel for, fearful, or negative, they know it. This innate feeling is part and parcel to a horse's survival, leaving it highly attuned and specialized. I began a process of learning how to shift my energy so that the horse felt not only comfortable, but truly safe. This is next to impossible to explain in a written text form or even in this audio form. Suffice it to say that there is a way that most of us are unaware of to be energetically balanced so as to be completely non-threatening. For a person that lives in their mind 99% of the waking day, a la me, it took me some time to truly understand this concept cognitively, and more importantly, emotionally. However, when I was able to be in presence with Buttons, my horse, it was a profound experience, one that, again, is lost on words. Emotionally blissful and in the zone are two of the phrases that would come to me. When I ski, I feel complete energetic peace no matter the world's troubles. This experience felt similar. One experience early in the teaching led by therapist Dewey Freeman was as follows. Lead a horse around human obstacles, blindfolded and guided by the voices of men. 
a struggle to say the least. Buttons was not too keen on my leadership and clearly my energy. True energetic frustration and frankly failure. Thus, I was given a human guide to hold my hand and to trust on the route to success. Again, I struggled, initially, before giving up control, being led in order to lead buttons. Fascinating. Then a curveball. The men were asked to heckle me. Bam, back in my head. Trust disrupted. Energy rocked. Buttons stops and digs in. Yikes. I blew this one. What is wrong with me? I lead all the time in life and at work. What am I learning here? My human guide peacefully tries to transition me back to my heart and feeling and out of my head to be unthreatening. It is a study in the game of red light, green light. As buttons, my guide and I had disjointed movement and stops. My my head felt like an albatross wrapped. Then the game changed. The men were now praising my ability and my energy. What do you think happened next? You guessed it. I was able to drop back into balance and complete the entire course as if I was a pro, born to this. What a mind-expanding experience. Cognitive awareness and leadership is nowhere enough in a feeling state. Here comes the rub. This is how men should lead in their lives in all aspects. In general, men are stronger than their children and usually their spouse. Thus, a man can present an energy that is not too easy to follow if it appears unsafe and misaligned with a child's emotions or a spouse's emotions. I've spent my life studying children, parenting, and disease. What a major awakening for me. To understand in book form is far from being in connection with one's energy and how we display it. Now I sit in contemplation of the past with an eye on the future. The present is where I find myself dictating this piece. How do I meld all that I've learned? I have to fight for the kids against those that would disenfranchise them. However, I also need to lead with an energy that is welcoming and safe for anyone that I interact with. Does this translate into the business world where some insurance companies are singularly focused on money? Yep. I must remain solid yet soft, resolute yet balanced, leading and following simultaneously. In the end, The kids deserve our best. They deserve our energy in a soft, balanced, and caring manner. Our spouses deserve the same. Our friends, on and on. You get the picture. Frankly, you all deserve my best. So in this moment, I am sending each of you a piece of positive energy. Thank you for being a part of this newsletter audio cast and Dr. M's Women and Children First podcast. Two years down, I'm having a blast. Thank you, thank you for being with me on this journey. Section 2. Garbage Island in the Pacific. Plastics floating in a massive, quote, garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean are home to a strange new mixes of coastal and marine species that might increase the odds of biological invasions wreaking havoc on nearby ecosystems. For the new study, researchers identified species living on just more than 100 pieces of plastic that were fished out of the so-called Great Pacific Garbage Patch a region in the northern Pacific Ocean where currents converge to deposit an estimated 79,000 metric tons of plastic debris. The scientists identified 484 invertebrates from a surprising range of species on the plastic. Many of these animals were species that are more commonly found near coastlines of the western Pacific. These coastal species include moss animals or brazoans, 
jellyfish, sponges, worms, and other organisms, end quote, Bartels M. 2023. For me, this is super fascinating. A brand new environment never before seen in Earth's history is an incubator for evolution. How incredible to think that these worms and sponges can leave the coast, survive floating on plastic islands across the ocean. Man, nature never ceases to amaze me. The recipe of the week is cauliflower pizza crust. It's a great gluten-free way to eat your favorite food. Loaded with potassium, fiber, vitamin C, B6, choline, protein, B12. You know, this is some really good stuff here. The recipe is in the link at the Salisbury Pediatric website for the health and wellness newsletter. You can get that at the uh, education tab that we have on our website. All right, folks, the song of the week is Secrets in the Sunset by Goodbye June. And the free thoughts, Albert Einstein said, I am enough of an artist to draw freely upon my imagination. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Great statement. Love it. All right, y'all. As always, hug those kids and have a great day. Now for the disclaimer. The information provided in this AudioCast newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.